Hey guys, this is Dr. Jasmine Bookert, also known as Dr. Jazz. Do you want to feel empowered and more knowledgeable about your medical care? On the breakdown with Dr. Diagnosis, I give you real talk information about common medical issues. Check in with me to have an amazing and fun experience while learning more about your health. Join me now. Welcome to The Breakdown with Dr. Diagnosis. Dr. Jasmine Booker is a board-certified emergency medicine physician with over 10 years of experience, and she's here to tackle the questions you have regarding your health and wellness. Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only. All healthcare decisions must be made by you with your doctor. Now you're checked in. The Breakdown starts now. bringing you a new episode of The Breakdown with Dr. Diagnosis. So if you have not had a chance, please check out my trailer and some of my other episodes to get a better idea of what this podcast is all about. Remember, the purpose of The Breakdown is to take a diagnosis and break down all aspects of that diagnosis from start to finish so that my listeners can get a better and simpler understanding of these diagnoses. So this episode is called It's All in Your Head. So this is another topic that I can personally relate to because I have had headaches since I was a kid. So I'm excited to have my guest here today to discuss more about the common and maybe not so common reasons for headaches. So let's please welcome Dr. Rajani Ruth Caesar. Hey, Jasmine. How are you? Hi, hi Ruth. Good to have you. Um, you too. Thank you for letting <laughs> come on. Yes. Yeah, so Ruth and I go go way back. Um, we've known each other for years. I've seen her kids grow up. She's watching mine. I started later, so <laughs> you're younger, so that's um, uh, not by much, not by much. But that's that's, that's a whole other story. But. Um, So let me just give uh, a a background on Dr. Caesar. Um, So undergraduate, she attended Midwestern State University in Wichita Falls, Texas. Medical school, um, she did in the Netherlands. So that's an interesting topic. We have to have her on just to talk about medical school in in another country. Um, And then residency, she um, did at the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston. Um, So as you can see, she is a a Texas girl. In the past, uh, Dr. Caesar has worked as stroke director and medical director at Good Shepherd Medical Center in Longview, Texas. Um, Also at a diagnostic, the diagnostic clinic of Longview, um, uh, working as outpatient neurologist. And then in 2020, Dr. Caesar started her own private neurology clinic called Grace Neurology Clinic. So congratulations on that. Yes. So, um, so headaches, um, we both see a lot of patients with headaches. So in the ER, I mean, typically people come in and they're like, oh, you know, I've had this headache for days. Some of them have a history of headaches, migraines, or some type of chronic type headache. Um, others have never had a headache before in their life. And of course we, we hate to hear the dreaded words, the worst headache of my life. So, you know, we have various ways that we have to work up these patients. So um, I wanted to kind of talk to you first about some of the more common or uh, maybe not as serious presentations. So patients that have migraines or tension headaches and also kind of figuring out, like, is this 
a migraine headache or is this a tension headache? Because we see a lot of a lot of repeated offenders, of course, who have migraines. Nothing really works for them at home. They come to the ER, we give them some meds. They're okay for that limited time. And then, of course, we say, go back and see your neurologist. Um, so how... <laughs> So how do you um, kind of more in the outpatient setting evaluate a patient that's coming in with headaches? Well, so uh, ba- you, first of all, let me say there's uh, many different types of headaches. There's uh, uh, the International Headache Society is um, uh, a society that, that categorizes all these headaches. And so there's tons of different types of migraines. There's different types of tension headaches. And then you know, under the headache category, you have many more types of headaches. Right. You know, we want to see, um, the main thing is um, finding out the, the quality of the headache. Is it dull, throbbing? You know, where is it on your head? Do you have other associated symptoms? Uh, like, does it does it come with dizziness and nausea? So uh, we uh, try to just categorize it uh, depending on different characteristics. But the goal, I think, in, out, in the outpatient setting is to, number one, you treat the headache and help uh, quality of life when these patients are missing work and ending up in the ER. Uh, so Exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is where you come in. and uh, Right. Yeah, so we um, start there. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, that's a good point because w- w- headaches, of course, we're, we're happy to, you know, we want to help the patient feel better, but a lot of times we're just kind of bridging, you know, the gap here yeah. of them getting uh, appropriate treatment from a neurologist or, you know, headache specialist, because in the emergency department, you know, we're kind of limited on what we can do. Basically, especially if we feel, if we feel like this is not a life threatening right. um, headache, right? So if we're just saying, okay, this is either some type of migraine, tension, um, sinus, whatever the case, cluster, headache, um, then we're like, okay, this is not going to kill you, but we want to try to relieve their pain. So um, just for, I think, a good point is a lot of patients in the ER, everybody thinks that they have migraine headache, right? Right. Um, So how, or I kind of feel like a lot of the symptoms with migraine versus tension headaches, of course, can overlap, right? Yes. So how, how are you differentiating between those two headaches? I know a lot of it is based on history and what the, the patient mm-hmm. is saying to you, but like in that outpatient setting, for me, I, I'm not, it doesn't really truly matter to me if I figure out what type of headache, as long as I know that it's not life-threatening. Right. Um, but in the outpatient setting, that's a different, you know, um, kind of a different ball game because you want to treat appropriately. So how, how are you differentiating between those, those two type of headaches? Well, the, the migraine headache is often uh, one-sided, uh, one side of the head, uh, and it can include the other side too if it progresses, but uh, that's pretty general. Uh, to, and they usually have a, a kind of throbbing or pounding quality to them. Um, and then the sensitivity to light, uh, movement, noise, smells. Uh, so, uh, but you know, the tension headaches can have nausea too. So it's really the quality of the headache, uh, the uh, location, you know, the symptoms or, you know, other, other complaints you have with it. And the tension headache is, you know, typically around the head, uh, uh-huh. you know, like a, you know, like a headband and uh, right. uh, maybe more dull. Um, migraines uh, can be severely debilitating, uh, tension headaches also, but not so much as migraines generally. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, the quality of the headache is, is really uh, important. And then, like you said, you can have 
two different types of headaches at the same time. So, uh, exactly. And I, I feel like, you know, a lot of, I guess with the tension, of course, like you said, they have that band, like that tightening, mm -hmm. sometimes they have a lot of the neck muscles, yeah, shoulder muscle, um, involvement. And what about the treatment? How are you, or is there a, the difference in treatment versus migraine versus tension. Like if, if a patient feels like they're having tension headaches all the time, how are you treating them differently than you would uh, necessarily a, a migraine patient? Well, um, you know, migraines are, are one of the most researched uh, neurological disorders. So uh, usually if we decide that it's a migraine, uh, we'll, uh, depending on the f how often you're having the migraine, we'll recommend mm -hmm will recommend what we call a preventative uh, therapy. So these are medications that you take every day to prevent the headache. Um, and uh, us uh, usually if you're having one headache a week, then we recommend, uh, hey, you know, maybe you need to be on a preventative. Uh, okay. So uh, we uh, we have different choices there, uh, different buckets that we choose right. from uh, medications for uh, blood pressure, but we can right. also sometimes treat tension headaches with those medications. Also, uh, the other group are uh, seizure medications, antidepressants, and there's a new uh, new group of medications uh, that are injections, um, CGRP injections, and those mm. you do monthly, and they just came out of couple of years ago and they seem to be helping a lot as well so we have uh, many choices uh, for that uh, same with the tension headaches um, so um, it, what, what's sad to me is uh, people walk around with these headaches all the time and don't realize you can actually uh, prevent them right and don't treatment have, for it yeah and don't have to end up in the ER and that's uh, if you, and that's the goal right there. That's, that's the goal for me. Uh, yeah, that's the sure. goal. Uh, and, and better quality of life, yes, right? Yes. I mean, on your regular daily basis, it's a better quality of life. And also, you don't end up with these ER bills sitting, waiting in the ER to be seen. Um, I mean, that takes away from um, quality of life as well if, you, if you're having to do that frequently. What about, so for migraines or tension headaches, um, do you initially in the outpatient setting do imaging to just make sure that there's nothing else going on? Because in the emergency department, now if you tell me that you have a, you know, a, a strong history of headaches, I have headaches, this is not anything new, I don't necessarily get you know, imaging at that particular mm -hmm. point. If you tell me that you have headaches, but this headache is different, then I may get a CAT scan. Or if you never, even if it sounds like a tension headache or possibly migraines, but you're saying that you've never had headaches before, um, then I'll probably get imaging. But in the outpatient setting, you know, if this sounds like a classic, you know, migraine headache patient mm -hmm. or tension headache, do you get a baseline imaging just to make sure nothing else is going on? Um, yeah, uh, usually by the time you end up with a neurologist, there has been some kind of brain imaging done. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but uh, generally, if you have neurological signs, like uh, let's say you have a numbness and tingling on one side or you're weak on, you know, your arm is weak on the right more than the left, uh, uh, dizziness, uh, some mm -hmm. other neurological signs, uh, I think definitely uh, imaging is warranted. Um, we, uh, we usually uh, do an MRI if uh, people Correct. have uh, persistent uh, neurological signs. Um, and usually, I think in the ER, you get a CT head, right? Uh, normally. Right, because uh, we kind of reserve our, our MRI. Now, if, if I think it's a true emergency, I'll get the MRI. But um, for you know non 
hopefully non-emergent um, headaches, we typically just get the CAT scan, um, especially, uh, you know, um, we don't use our MRI resources <laughs> on a regular, if, if we did, they would probably be upset with us because we see so many headache patients. So yeah, definitely we get the CAT scan. If we feel like there is um, a need or uh, if symptoms, like you say, neurological symptoms, um, some kind of deficit, um, then we definitely will get an MRI. So that kind of segues me into my next uh, topic of complex migraines, because, you know, you will have those patients that seem like you're like, okay, are they having a stroke or is this just their migraine? So let's talk a, bit, a little bit about that. Um, can you just explain like what complex migraine means and the symptoms that you may have with that? Well, uh, yeah, so complex migraines, are, they can be com uh, called complicated migraines. These are uh, uh, headaches that look like strokes. They have uh, stroke-like symptoms, uh, like, you know, the one-sided symptoms, uh, dizziness, changes in vision, things like that. Um, that's very scary for patients, and uh, so mm -hmm. they, they will go to and, Look, and, and the ER doctor. <laughs> For sure. We're like, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, you don't want to miss a stroke, yeah. You don't want to miss the stroke, so. So, uh, and, and I do uh, tell patients, uh, you know, if you have risk factors, uh, let's say you have a family history of strokes, you have family history of uh, aneurysms, you, you, you smoke, you have high blood pressure, all of the risk factors for stroke um, and diabetes, then, uh, and you're having these symptoms, uh, then, uh yeah, that it's possible you could be having a stroke, but um, that uh, so generally I would recommend imaging for sure. Uh, right. And if it's sudden, if it comes on suddenly, uh, if the the symptoms, the neurological symptoms are you know getting bad really fast, uh, you want to do some imaging and you want to rule out a stroke. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's that's when I, I think it would warrant an ER visit. Uh, if you do have symptoms uh, or risk factors for stroke, then, you know, that, that should be checked out. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, I think I was telling you before that I um, recently had a patient who seems like I, I didn't finish. He came kind of at the end of my shift, so I didn't completely finish his evaluation. But I basically, you know, ended up calling a code stroke on him because he was having, and it wasn't significant symptoms, but you know, it was still significant enough for me to call the code stroke. Um, but he didn't initially, he didn't mention that he had migraines. And so, you know, he had the headache and he was feeling kind of some tingling and uh, funny sensation on one side. And in the end, it, it looks like when I followed back up, you know, he was just, we did CT and then we did, um, uh, CTA, um, like more of an angiogram. Right. And so, uh, my colleague kind of followed up, uh, on that. And I think in the end probably spoke to neurology and he was completely better. Like he got pain medicine and he was already improving, but he was completely back to normal. So they felt at that particular point, they felt comfortable with that. This was just more of a, a complex or complicated migraine. So those patients can be um, scary and difficult because you definitely don't want to miss a real, you know, a, a real right. stroke. Um, but then you're always like, okay, it's just, is this just a complex migraine? So I, I look, I, that's when I really call you guys <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, look, I'm not sure. And you know, some of those patients do get admitted for observation. They end up getting an MRI, especially like you said, if they have risk factors. So, yeah. you know, if you're, you know, don't have any risk factors and you seem completely back to normal, all those things, then we may feel comfortable going, you know, just an outpatient route. But 
if you have risk factors uh, and if your symptoms are just not improving as we think they should, then yeah. um, that might buy you a, a inpatient bed. So, okay. Well, I think we've kind of talked about uh, the migraine versus tension uh, pretty good. So one of the medi- one of the things that I think is also a big uh, topic um, that maybe is not discussed as much even in the ER or maybe with primary care doctors is medication um, overuse headaches. And look, I, I, I think I could probably be one of those patients that there was a time where I felt like I had that type of headache, you know, along with my other headaches. But, you know, you get so, okay, I just want to take something. It does go away. And then you're like, man, this headache, it just came back, you know, with a vengeance. Um, and you kind of repeat that pattern over and yeah. over because you just want that relief. Yeah. Um, and you don't realize you're really just kind of making the situation worse. So talk a little bit about uh, the medication overuse headache and how do you get your patients to stop? Because <laughs> it's, it's hard, right? It, it, it's, it's really hard. hard. It's, uh, it, it's kind of a hard sell uh, because, you know, the, the medications do help the headaches go away, but it's just temporary uh, and the headache exactly. comes back. And so, um, you know, back in the old days, they called it rebound headache or withdrawal headache. And now we mm-hmm. call it medication uh, overuse headache or drug-induced headache, and um, really, it, the the important thing is to um, you know listen to the patient, uh, find out exactly what they're taking every day, and uh, it, that's sometimes hard to tease out uh, because uh, people are taking different things every day because they're so uh-huh. so frustrated with their headaches, and uh, so getting that information and then really making th- them think about, hey, is your headache better now than it was like three weeks ago? when you weren't taking all of these uh, medications. And, you know, you have to really kind of help them to understand what's happening physiologically with their bodies and have to make them understand it's not like a character uh, assassination or something. like. Right. We're not saying you're a bad patient, bad person. We understand. And I always tell Um, patients if I was taking all those medications every day, I would also have that type of headache. So... Uh, I think that's the important thing. They don't want to, you know, feel like they're not being heard or they're being judged. Or judged, right, or judged. And that's, that's uh, to me, that's an important uh, factor. And then, um, you know, when I, the best way, there's there's been lots of research on medication overuse headaches. And uh, basically, if you're taking any kind of pain medication, whether it's over-the-counter or prescribed more than two days a week, you can you increase your risk for a medication overuse headache. And you, uh, there are ways to stop it and kind of bridge you through the withdrawal phase. So, uh, and I'll use different ways of uh, trying to get them off of those medications, depending on, you know, what other factors are involved. Yeah, I think that's important to discuss is a lot of those patients do feel like they're being judged or criticized because they are taking the medication so often. And you know, that's not our intent. We're just trying to, number one, like you said, you're trying to see how often you're taking it, what you're taking, mm-hmm. so you can help them um, kind of wean off of that mm-hmm. and um, come up with a better uh, plan for their headaches. Um, it kind of makes me think of my uh, grandmother, uh, my maternal grandmother. I don't think she, I'm not sure if she ever went to the doctor or, or um, was really, you know, evaluated for headaches, but she lived with off of like BC powder and drinking a, and drinking a Coke, right? Because she had headaches. And so, you know, my mom says we would, they would always run, you know, to the corner store and get her a BC powder and a Coke, uh, you know, when she was having her headaches. So, 
Um, and there's still a lot of patients. Like every time a patient says BC powder, I'm like, y'all still taking BC powder? <laughs> I, w- I want to knock the BC powder off the shelves in the stores. I just want to knock them out. <laughs> right. I was like, but I mean, uh, I'm just amazed. I mean, I know it has to be probably something that's kind of generational or whatever in their family because I'm like, the average person is not just taking BC powder anymore. So when I see patients who come in like, yeah, you know, I took my my BC powder, I'm like, wow, people are still taking oh, BC yeah. powder. Oh, yeah. Well, you know why? It, it works, right? It but, does. It but, does. But then you end up using more down the road for the same effect. And uh, and another big thing about BC powder is it contains aspirin. And uh, you right. know, aspirin is a blood thinner. So uh, you're really uh, playing mm-hmm. around with the, uh, with the thickness of your blood when you're taking Exactly. It. You're, you're popping them. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> all day every day so yeah that that is an important point because I, I know there you know there are other medications that have similar similar effects but they don't include the aspirin so yeah, that is um, important but yeah I just always uh, when I think about headaches and um, I think about my grandmother because I'm like man I wish she you know was could have been uh treated you know differently so she didn't live off of these BC powders and 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 drinking a coke to try to relieve her her headache but you know that was so many years ago yeah um and she lived you know in a small town there was no neurologist in their small town so it was just like that was commonplace was okay i have headaches i just have to deal with it you know on a regular basis so okay well yeah i think it's important for patients to uh you know realize okay maybe i am taking this medication because i don't think some patients even realize how much medication they're taking on a weekly basis yeah um and 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 sometimes on a daily basis so that's why it's good you know i think to uh keep that kind of headache journal um and you can document you know how often you're having headaches how often you're taking medication and then you can take that information to your primary or your neurologist and mm-hmm. um, they can kind of help guide you. So let's go kind of uh, go into more of the more scary reasons, especially for patients for having a headache, right? So of course, in the emergency department, we, you know, a lot of patients come in, they're either concerned that they have a brain tumor, an aneurysm, you know, there's something going on, like badness um, is going on. And thankfully, uh, most of the time, it's not badness, majority of the time. But we do have to, uh, you know, rule out, um, rule out the badness. But let's talk about brain, like brain tumor. What does a patient, what do they say to you that may alert you or kind of get your spiny sense to say, oh, you know, we may need to further evaluate this for, um, you know, if there's something else going on more serious, like a, a mass or a tumor. Is there a couple of key things that kind of trigger you to, we need to get this evaluated, you know, as soon as possible? Yeah, um, I think uh, similar to a stroke, you're looking at uh, neurological signs, uh, deficits that you pick up on the exam. Um, And uh, sometimes, especially with aneurysms, a family history of aneurysms is uh, Mm -hmm. really key. You definitely want to try to uh, get like you said, a CT angio, looking at the blood vessels, making sure there's not an aneurysm. But um, I think by the time they come to me, I'm definitely going to uh, scan them if there's any neurological deficit. Uh-huh. And and uh, that uh, quick progression, uh, you know, some tumors can um, uh, cause some edema, swelling, uh, and you want to, and that can uh, be uh, found with just a really f- fast uh, progressively worsening headache 
So uh, things like that. Um, and also uh, dizziness, you know, history of imbalance, uh, mm-hmm. uh, falls. Uh, you want to get them scanned right away. Right, right. Yeah. So definitely, like you said, probably the same thing in the emergency department. Um, if we, uh, or history, or if we uh, elicit some um, neurological deficits on exam. And even if they don't have, uh, you know, necessarily anything major on exam, but if the history just sounds suspicious, uh, definitely we'll try to get, try to get some um, imaging. What about the, um, you know, a lot of patients come in because they've read about uh, the headache being uh, worse first thing in the morning, you know, those type of kind of pressure, uh, bending over, that type of thing. Does that play a, a major role in, in, in when you're doing your history? Because a lot of patients are, uh, you know, have, have read about, you know, when you have your headaches or when your headache is worse or if you uh, awaken with the headache. Uh, that can be kind of difficult because there's lots of reasons why you could awaken with, with the headache. But does that play a role into your evaluation or make you more suspicious of, okay, maybe this could be a mass or something causing these type of symptoms? Well, I, I think you're right. A lot of patients will wake up with a headache and even you know, with different types of headaches. Definitely the medication overuse headache, they can wake up with a headache. Uh, you know, sleep apnea is another risk factor for uh, headaches. Uh, so um, I, I think mostly if I hear a history, uh, like we talked about, uh, you know, the imbalance, falls, uh, mm-hmm. neurological signs, e- even confusion, you know, sudden change in mental status, um, that, that is a big trigger uh, to, mm-hmm. to get imaging. Uh, um, but it's, it's, uh, it is hard to, uh, to figure out what it could be. Uh, I think by the time they get to me as a neurologist, uh, um, I'm, I'm going to, if, if imaging hasn't been done, we're definitely going to, right. You're going to get some. Yeah. In some form. And what about, um, uh, subarachnoid, uh, hemorrhage? Um, so we're, we're talking more of the non-traumatic, right? <laughs> so yeah. not, not, I got hit in the head or I was in some major, you know, uh, trauma accident, but this is the kind of the spontaneous, uh, the patient with the spontaneous subarachnoid hemorrhage. I'll let you just talk a little bit about that with signs and symptoms. Uh, yeah, with the subarachnoid hemorrhage, uh, that's the one you really don't want to miss. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, typically, uh, what they call the thunderclap headache. It comes on hard, it comes on fast. Um, and it's, uh, because of, a, a burst, uh, aneurysm possibly, and uh, you'll have mm-hmm. some, uh, neck, uh, maybe some sudden neck pain and uh, sensitivity to light. Uh, so uh, you want to immediately get to the emergency room if you have a thunderclap headache, just like I said, just a, the most severe headache of your life, and it's sudden. And uh, then, then, yeah, that's the one we need to look and check for a family history of aneurysms uh, uh, and maybe a history of uh, head trauma in the past. So you would definitely look at the blood vessels and uh, rule that out. A spinal tap uh, is not, uh, we don't really do that so much anymore to check for blood in the spinal fluid Uh uh, because, uh, you know, the imaging modalities are pretty, uh, pretty good right now. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's the one you you don't want to miss (laughs) for sure. And I honestly haven't seen it that much. uh, But uh, Uh I think uh, that's uh, when you hear that, uh, you have to start asking about family history and, uh, you know, all other symptoms that go with it. 
Right. And it's, it can be difficult, I think, uh, in the emergency department because, of course, that's always the one that's in the back of our head. Okay, is this patient, does this patient have a subarachnoid? Because you try to get a, a, a good history on, okay, how did the headache start? How bad is the headache? And, you know, a migraine headache, Some for some patients, they'll be like, oh, yeah, it started suddenly. I'm having some neck pain. I'm having this. And you're like, okay, but is this different, you know, than your normal migraine? And patients that have headaches, it's sometimes difficult to elicit from them. Is this different? You know, is this a sudden type headache? You know, does it vary? And even patients that don't have headaches, a lot of them will say this is, you know, they don't have headaches. So, of course, it's the worst headache of their life because right. they don't have headaches, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so I think sometimes it definitely, um, I think patients probably get more imaging than, you know, uh, sometimes maybe is always necessary because we are trying to make sure that we don't miss um, the subarachnoid. I mean, it, you know, the patient feels fine and, you know, they feel better um, after you give them some, you know, medication. Symptoms are completely resolved. And, um, but we've done a, a major workup because we're like, we're not going to miss yeah, <laughs> the and, subarachnoid. And, so, you know, don't, a, if you come in saying those, those words and giving that history, just know that you're probably going to get a, a, a pretty good workup if you agree to it, because, um, that is the one thing that we don't want to miss in the ER is a subarachnoid hemorrhage. Yeah, and you're and you're looking at the blood pressure too, and, and right, mm-hmm. and, uh, that's also uh, can be helpful. Oh yeah, it's a, a whole constellation of um, of symptoms, but um, yeah, that's just one of those things where it's like, you know what, I don't think they do, but we're just gonna do the workup just to make sure because um, definitely that that is life all life altering um, and can be deadly if if not appropriately um, evaluated and treated. So. Okay. I think we've kind of done, I mean, like you said, there are so many headache types of headaches, um, different treatment options at baseline. Like you said before, I think once you, uh, are referred or see a neurologist, probably at least the patient has had maybe a CAT scan. If you go to the neurologist, more likely they're going to get an MRI of your brain to get the best images. So, uh, I just, uh, think it's important that patients know, like you said, that there are treatment options. You don't have to just live with your headaches. Um, and it's important to have those headaches evaluated to make sure there isn't some major underlying cause for your headache, um, and then get the appropriate treatment. So, uh, I think at this particular point, we'll bring in a couple of questions from our listeners. So first question is, can certain types of headaches be hereditary? A lot of patients are, you know, they'll say, oh, my mom, my grandma, everybody has had headaches. So what types of headaches are hereditary? Uh, Yes, definitely. Uh, That is one of the questions you ask uh, when you're uh, evaluating a headache is, do you have family members with headaches? Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, There's a a familial hemiplegic uh, migraine, and and those are broken down into uh, FHM 1, 2, and 3. So that, yes, the answer is definitely uh, you can have that, and uh, uh, we can treat it. So, uh, you would want to try to get that evaluated. But that mm-hmm. is definitely a risk factor for migraines is having a family history of migraines. Right, right. So, um, and the second question, um, you know, we kind of hear about injections and, and different types of injections for headaches. 
Um, but uh, one of the types of injections are or can't that is used sometimes is Botox. What are your uh, what are your thoughts and um, how does the Botox help with uh, headaches? Uh, well, definitely we treat headaches with Botox. Uh, I, I do that. Uh, it's done in uh, our office, uh, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a simple procedure. It sounds. Um, well, anyway, it can sound uh, really intense, but it, it's uh, we inject in uh, around the uh, head and the neck and shoulders, um, uh-huh. and uh, it's FDA approved for headache or migraine maintenance, uh, and you do it every three months. Uh, it does work uh, pretty well, um, and uh, the uh, there's uh, there's certain criteria you have to meet. You have to okay. have uh, failed other medications like uh, oral medications. So we uh, we usually evaluate the patient and uh, try to uh, yeah. If they failed so many other medications, then we will recommend Botox and uh, and uh, the way that way it works. It's not completely one hundred percent known. Um, uh-huh. uh, so uh, you know, Botox is a uh, paralyzes muscles. Uh, so uh, it uh, and so that's why people use it for cosmetic reasons, you know, on right. for wrinkles and stuff. But <laughs> relax uh, those wrinkles, <laughs> right? Uh, so, um, but it it is a very uh, good treatment uh, for migraines uh, if you've uh, if you've failed other treatments. Yeah, I've I've uh, heard and read um, quite a bit about how uh, Botox has been life changing for. Um, a lot of patients and it's good to know that um it's not the first line treatment so you know patients need to know i need to see my neurologist and and try some of these oral therapies first um and then if that doesn't work then um botox uh may be recommended is there any reason that you wouldn't try botox on a patient um trying to think well um i'm very conservative uh with you know pregnant patients i i don't don't know if i uh we have done pregnant patients before but uh or treated that way but uh but for the most part there's no real major contraindications or anything okay yeah because it's injected into uh just right underneath the skin into uh, the muscle so it's not going into your bloodstream uh right so it's pretty uh safe as far as that goes Okay. Sounds good. Well, any other uh, closing uh, tips or or uh, anything about headaches you want to uh, say before we close out this segment? We I think you've given us a lot of information and definitely uh, would be helpful for um, patients that are dealing with headaches um, who maybe have not been uh, evaluated, um, have not really sought medical treatment for those headaches and even patients that are you know uh, receiving treatment right now just to kind of get a a better idea of options and the different types of headaches and and the benefit of maybe seeing a neurologist versus just um, your primary care doctor Um, so I'll let you have some last words (laughs) well for sure I I, you know I just want to stress again there's many different types of uh, migraines many different types of headaches um, and uh, there is treatment. Uh, I recently read some statistics. Uh, if you all, if you do treat a migraine in the outpatient setting, uh, uh, apparently some uh, some research has shown that it cut down on ER visits by eighty one percent, and by imaging uh, more than sixty percent. So, if you have um, headaches more than one time a week, or you know one headache that's really debilitating a month. 
go see your primary care physician or preferably a neurologist uh, because we, <laughs> right. uh, we have treatment, we have ways that we can help you and prevent those ER visits and prevent those really, uh, you know, loss of, uh, of uh, time and quality of life. Uh, you can, you can get help. Uh, so uh, I think I would just stress, uh, you know, seek help if you're if it's really affecting your daily life and the quality of life yeah that's that and i think that's one of the more important points is you know we're not just trying to keep you out of the the er just because we don't want to see see you in the er um but i mean you know we we definitely want to improve quality of life and headaches can definitely be debilitating it can you know affect your family life your work life every aspect of your life so um i think it's important that you do seek treatment um, and we're not saying don't go to your primary care doctor, but I think primary care um, physicians are going to be limited in some of the options that they're willing to um, treat. So, you know, it's always a good step to go to your primary. And a lot of times, you know, they will refer you to a neurologist because they know also their own limitations when it comes to headaches. You want to try to get, you know, that's what neurologists do. That's part of their specialty. So you go to the person that does <laughs> That is a specialist uh, in that area. So um, once again, I want to thank uh, Ruth, Dr. Seizure, for uh, being here, um, for giving us some great tips and pearls on headaches. And uh, if you're in the area, definitely you can reach out to Dr. Seizure at Grace Neurology Clinic. Now this is in um, this is in Longview, correct? Well, it's in East Texas. I'm currently in okay. Henderson, uh, but we do telehealth visits. Uh, oh, great. And uh, you can get on our website, graceneurologyclinic.com, and, um, you know, there's information there. So, uh, yeah, we have different options if people want to be evaluated. And, uh, uh, yeah, again, uh, these uh, headaches are treatable, uh, and uh, why not? why not seek help if it's really happening very often? Yes. Well, I can uh, definitely vouch for uh, Dr. Caesar. And um, I think that if you're seeking a neurologist, you want just an evaluation and um, to get some more information. She is a wonderful physician, compassionate and passionate about her field. So once again, check her out at Grace Neurology Clinic. So I want to uh, just reach out to my listeners. If you have any questions or feedback for the breakdown with Dr. Diagnosis, feel free to email me at drdrdiagnosis at diagnosemenow.com. Also, you can follow the breakdown with Dr. Diagnosis on IG and Facebook at the breakdown with Dr. Diagnosis. And please check out my telemedicine company called Dr. Diagnosis on IG, Twitter, and Facebook at Diagnose Me Now. And even if you don't need to see uh, one of our providers um, at Dr. Diagnosis, feel free to visit our website at www.diagnosemenow.com. Um, you can check out all of our educational resources on COVID-19, influenza, um, mental health, and so many more. So once again, we always want you and your family to stay safe, and we will see you soon. Thank you, Bye. Jasmine. Bye.